Welcome to Fireside Financial. Together, Joe Curry and Regan Schiller offer and discuss insights and advice on all aspects of retirement planning. So grab a cup of coffee or tea, sit back and join us by the fireside as we explore all the topics related to planning for your retirement. Hey, Joe, how is it going today? It's going great, Regan. I'm excited to get this segment started and have some good conversations around retirement planning. That's right. This is Fireside Financial, episode number one. You and I both have a shared interest in people that we like to help and the type of planning that we do and so on and so forth. So I don't know about you, but I'm excited to have this as an ongoing thing with the two of us to give our listeners, I guess, as much perspective as we can when focusing on retirement planning. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Sometimes our space is a bit lonely when we're working at our own practice, doing our own things. And it's nice to find like-minded individuals and kind of share some ideas and see some things that are working in our practice and vice versa. So hopefully we can learn from each other when we're doing these segments, but hopefully our listeners can as well, because I know both you and I, you know, a big part of what we're trying to do with our podcast and social media, all that kind of stuff is educate our audience. That's right. Yeah. And that's kind of how we met. Uh, listeners are wondering, um, you actually reached out to me and mentioned that maybe it'd be beneficial if we do something together as we're both focused on, like I said before, the same types of clients. And you've been in a province on the other side of Canada for myself. We figured it was a good combination, if you will. Absolutely. So maybe with that, we can jump right into some of the things that each of us are seeing among successful retirees, some trends, and maybe even some of the things that are not so successful. What do you think? Yeah, we can do that. I think first, you know, we're both new to each other's listeners. So let's let the individuals listening know a bit more about yourself, how you got to where you are, and just a bit of background, I guess. Sure. Yeah, why not? So I am specializing in retirement planning, just like yourself, Regan. My clients are basically over 50. My kind of passion around retirement planning is really figuring out all the retirement income aspects, because what I find is saving for retirement, putting money away, having good savings habits is one thing, but making that transition into retirement, making sure you know, we know order of withdrawal, make sure we're saving on taxes and knowing where our income streams are. Like I find that our clients find that much more complicated. And so that really gets me excited helping with that kind of planning. So I bought this practice, Matthews and Associates, where I worked a few years ago. I'd worked with my previous advisor, Randy Mather here, and the bulk of his practice was geared around retirees. So that's kind of how I got into this space and running with it ever since. Maybe I'll throw it back to you, Rick, and just let us know what you have going on. Yeah, so I've started this going into my 14th year at the end of this year. When I started, I was trying to figure out who is my ideal client. And that's really hard to answer as you start out, because you don't know. So you kind of have to work with everybody. And I did the more traditional thing where I focused more on professionals, business owners, and you know, pre-retirees and retirees fell into that category as well. But as I was developing and growing the practice, I was leaning towards kind of what you mentioned, the excitement of helping people figure out where they take their money from. I always found that part, answering that common question, very exciting and trying to do it in the most efficient way and giving people that kind of like, ah, okay, I feel better now, right? I can do this. But where it really sunk in for me was 2018, 19, I'm not too sure when it was, maybe it was even before that. I did a retirement seminar. It was my first one. I got about halfway through it, not even halfway through it. And <laughs> this uh, gentleman asked a question about OAS clawback, something along those lines. So I answered the question, it deviated me off the course of the presentation, but then that spurred the rest of the room to ask questions. In that seminar, I found myself at the podium answering questions for the remainder of the seminar. Like I said, it was people just kept putting up their hands and having particular questions, but 
what really triggered me was the questions they were asking. It wasn't necessarily questions of curiosity. It was more questions of concerns. Like they had these deep burning question. And so then I started looking into it a little bit more and kind of realizing that the amount of people that are transitioning into retirement over the next 10, 15 years is quite a bit. And the amount of advisors that are there to answer those questions, well, there's not a lot, I guess, right, in relation to the numbers. So I could definitely see that there was a need, if you will. Sure. Yeah, there's definitely an opportunity in this space to help a lot of people, especially given the demographics of Canada. So that's not just where you are or just where I am. I think that's right across the country. You talked about OAS. That's a topic I'm sure we'll get into at some point. But that's just one of the the many questions that people have about making that transition into retirement. And it's an important question. But again, there's a lot of other questions that need answered too, to make sure that people are optimizing their retirement from a financial perspective. Yeah. So that's what kind of brought me to this space and yourself. And so, yeah, so let's jump into something from your perspective. What are some common trends that you would see with successful retirees or people who have done it right, if you will? Sure. Well, A lot of the time, people have been really good savers. They have good money habits. They know where they spend their money. And they've just started, when they were young, making a good habit of putting money aside. And so for some of them, it's, you know, they're forced to do it through work, uh, pensions. But a lot of times, that was just the way they were brought up. And they put money in their RSP every year. And as we know, $50 a month or whatever it is, we're starting out, doesn't really look like a lot. But when you've been doing that for 30 or 40 years, it really starts to compound. And so some of the most successful clients that I have, it's not that they had big paying jobs. It's just that they had really good money habits from a young age. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the things that I learned very early on in my career is that the majority of the millionaire next door kind of philosophy of these individuals, they didn't have high income, like maybe slightly above average, like 60, 70, $80,000 a year kind of annual salaries, but they always lived with well within their means. And they were good savers, like you had mentioned, but it wasn't like a large amount that they were putting away. But like you said, over time, they just kind of left it and never touched it. They did always lived well within their means and that uh, allowed them for a proper retirement, right? Where they weren't having to work till age 70 before they could. Yeah, absolutely. What are some other things that you've seen? Probably market turbulence. The real successful ones, they, they stuck to the plan and the, the discipline to not make knee-jerk reactions, pull all their money out and in fear of it's going to go to zero. And when market activity is happening, it's kind of like we've been here before. We get it. We're not worried. Yeah, that's a good point, actually, especially with kind of market volatility we've been seeing the last little while with Silicon Valley Bank and even the last year with interest rates going up, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's interesting. Some of my clients on the younger side are the ones who are asking a lot more questions about what should we be doing or a little bit more nervous about what's going on. And, And a lot of the older ones who have been really successful with their investing over time, they're the ones that are telling me exactly what you just said, like, Joe, we get it. It's okay. You know, we've been here before. We know we just got to stick with it and we'll come out the other side. You know, that's a really good point about what makes specifically any investor successful. Yeah. And I'm sure too, like your clients, you have a predictable income plan already set out for them. And so this turbulence doesn't really affect their monthly paycheck, really, in large and whole. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I think, the importance of having a plan, right? If you just have a big bucket of money that you're taking, you know, withdrawals out of each month, but you don't really know how long it's going to last, there's no plan for how it's allocated. If you see a big drop in your investments, then you're going to be pretty nervous about what that means for your future retirement, right? Yeah. And just like you, we have those plans in place. So our client's income is not being affected at this point. And we've been telling people all along, and we always do that, It's never a matter of if the markets will go down. It's always a matter of when, right? Yeah. Again, that's part of the plan. We've taken that into consideration so our clients can continue to maintain their lifestyle. 
Yeah, it's funny, man. You read my mind a lot of times because exactly what I was thinking is what I tell people is we have planned for, we know it's not going to be as linear line straight up. We might make an assumption that the average return is going to be whatever, say five, five and a quarter or 5.45, depending on the, how aggressive they are. But in reality, we know that's not going to happen every year. You're not going to get the same December 31st statement with a five and a half percent return on it. I know you use a lot of the same planning software that I would use and we call standard deviation. So the variability of that return is taken into account. And often I think people, you know, these retiree folks, if you will, they understand that fluctuation. And so they typically would steadfast. Yeah. Explaining kind of what sequence of return risk is really important for people to understand, which is what you're talking about, Regan, when you say we can expect some rate of return, but we know we're probably never going to get that rate of return in one year. Yeah. And so it's knowing that good returns will come in bunches and there'll be some steps backwards. But again, that's where how the plan comes in place. That's right. Yeah. I think another, I guess, more common trends that I found with individuals was they're really honest with themselves of where they spend their money and what money means to them, like where their values lie with how they make their purchases, which makes obviously building a successful retirement plan. It's very, very important that you and I would have those conversations with our clients, but more importantly, that the clients actually are telling us the truth of where they spend their money and reasons why and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. When people could be honest with themselves, I mean, spending in alignment with your values is really important because then you have a lot better handle on your spending in most cases. But yeah, just being honest with yourself is important, even in getting advice. I find one of the things that help people get through retirement successfully is when they're open to advice. So clients specifically, if we're working with them, the ones who are taking all of our advice are generally the ones who are doing better and are sleeping better at night. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I had a meeting with a client here a little while ago, a recent, she just became a client probably two years ago, maybe now, but she came to me because she was getting an inheritance. And it's not that she wasn't well off by her own means, but it was a large lump sum. And so when she got the inheritance, we, she had uh, some small credit card debt. I think that was about it really for debt other than a car loan. But, you know, we paid off the credit card debt. I figured out uh, three months, what I like to use for an emergency money would be uh, three months of cost of living. So we just keep that, okay, Mr. And Mrs. Klein, keep that as cash on hand. We basically, out of the inheritance, I had her stash that amount in her cash account, and then the rest got invested in whatever. And then one of our more recent review meetings, you know, that number had come down significantly. And I was like, did anything happen or a major expense? She goes, no, I was just shopping. I was, <laughs> I was enjoying buying shoes and stuff like that. You know, in that conversation, we both realized and she agreed was that it's not wise for her to have that amount of cash on hand because it'll kind of burn a hole in her pocket. And so for emergency money, if it was with us, she'd be less likely to spend it wastefully, I guess. But again, if we didn't have that conversation, it would be this ending cycle of that behavior, right? Yeah, for sure. And a lot of times you also want to kind of take into consideration, I guess, the client's feelings on what's a comfortable amount, right? So we have a lot of clients just like that. We, if we need to hold some cash for them to make sure they're going to be okay, if an emergency expense comes up, we hold it inside a cash account in their investments. But we have a lot of other clients where similar from a cash reserve standpoint, we're looking at three to six months as far as how much to have set aside. But we also have clients who will have more than that in their savings account. And I just call that like their sleep at night money. If they need that to be able to sleep at night and the clients that I'm working with anyway, who want to have say a hundred grand in their bank account, those are the same clients who are not going to spend that hundred grand. They just need it there. Yeah. They know it's there. They're not spending it, but it just, like I said, it helps them sleep at night. And as long as they have enough money working for them and we know 
they're going to maintain their lifestyle, their income, all that kind of stuff, then sure, we go for that. If it's something where we need to get more of their money working for them, then we'll have that conversation. But again, it's really just what's going to help the client reach their goals, but also help them sleep at night. Absolutely. Yeah. There comes a certain point if you're, depends where you fall, I guess, on the wealth spectrum, but yeah. Yeah, it comes a point where we use an average three to six. That's kind of an industry, you know, rule of thumb, I guess, if you will, range for emergency money. But yeah, if they got lots and they want a hundred grand cash on hand, then fine. It's perfectly fine. It's not going to be detrimental to their long-term success. Yeah, exactly. So on this topic about, we'll, we'll kind of end off in this because for the listeners, we're going to be doing a series of this episode. This is episode one of Fireside Financial. And our intentions are to do one episode every month on a certain topic. But before we end up this episode, let's just talk about, you know, from each of our perspectives, I guess, is what we see the challenges or the shift going from the workforce to retirement. What separates your clients as far as ones that you see that did it proper or maybe not proper, if you will? And that's not financially related. Okay. So not financially related. Actually, I've talked a lot about this lately on the podcast and some other things we've been doing, but one of the things is just not thinking about what's your purpose going to be once you're out of retirement, because so many people are identifying as their career. You know, I'm a business owner, or I'm an engineer, or I'm a teacher or whatever it is, and they pour their heart and soul into their career. And then they have great ideas of what retirement is going to look like, but when they get there, it's not fulfilling, right? So I think people who have planned out what that next stage of life looks like before they actually get there Mm-hmm. are the ones that are definitely having a more fulfilling retirement. So I'd say that's probably the number one thing I think of. Yeah, I would agree 100%. Talk about that a lot with clients as leading up to retirement, especially when you're, I mean, if we're talking now, we're knocking at two, three, four, five years, you're planning to actually pull the pin and retire. I start talking a lot more about hobbies and that can come up on reviewing their expenses too, right? You know, you just kind of start having conversations about what they do with their time and, you know, start painting that picture well ahead of time. Because I have seen it where people they went into retirement and almost entered into like, it's like a retirement shock. Yeah. And I typically found that it takes men longer to make that transition than females. And again, that's a general statement, but typically I've found that it's about two years for men who don't have hobbies that they're passionate about or other groups or things like that to go to when they're not working, they struggle a bit. And I think it's potentially an identity loss or something of that nature where Traditionally speaking, mom's happy to spend more time with the kids and grandkids and then her girlfriends and stuff like that, right? Yeah, for sure. And a lot of times that doesn't show up necessarily in the first six months or a year. Sometimes it's beyond that because that first year or so I find it's kind of like the honeymoon phase. Got some trips planned, some things around the house you want to get cleaned up that you haven't had time to get to. So that kind of passes that first six months or a year. Then all of a sudden you've got those things all taken care of and it's like, what's getting me out of bed in the morning? And that's the piece is missing that we're talking about right now. Yeah, I think so. I think it's just, again, having some guidance going into retirement and being aware that that, there could be those challenges and maybe reach out to seek help from like a therapist or a retirement coach or someone or talk with your advisor, I guess, more about what to expect would go a long ways. And the people that have done that, I found that that transition was fairly smooth and more fulfilling than you mentioned. Well, do you have anything to add on to that? I would just say maybe one of the things just to kind of caution people about as they're getting close to retirement that I've seen that can be a bit of maybe an unexpected surprise, like the cost of renovations and things like that. So I found that our clients who have been planning, and I don't know what it is, I guess it's almost like a nesting phase for retirement. Like when you're getting ready to have kids, you know, you start nesting in the house, get everything ready. It's the same idea for retirement. But I find that our clients who have got those things out of the way while they're still working seem to have, I'll call it more success than those who, especially lately, have waited to retirement. You know, everything looks pretty good for retirement, but then, you know, they want to do some renos. 
and some different things like that. But then with inflation, yeah, we don't know what things are going to look like. All of a sudden, those renos are twice or three times what they were expecting and getting big lump sums out of their investments if they want to move forward with those plans. So those are some things that, you know, leading up to retirement, if you can be planning ahead and kind of chipping away at those over time while you're still earning an income and things are still predictable so that if there are any surprises financially, you can adapt. This is one thing to take into consideration. Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to be taking large lump sums out in the first few years of retirement. So plan those things ahead of time is basically what you're saying. Exactly. You got it. All right. We'll circle back in a bit and we'll do our next episode, which we're going to be talking about CPP and OAS. So I'm looking forward to getting your perspective on that and your experiences with clients. This was fun and I look forward to a series of these. Yeah, this has been great. I'm excited to do some more Fireside Financial. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, Regan. Investment services are provided through Matthews & Associates Investments of Aligned Capital Partners Incorporated and approved trade name of Aligned Capital Partners Inc. ACPI. Only investment-related products and services are offered through ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI and covered by the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Tax planning, financial planning, and insurance services are provided through Matthews & Associates. Matthews & Associates is an independent company separate and distinct from ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI. Matthews & Associates are not licensed tax professionals, and you should consult with your tax advisor before acting on any recommendations. Thank you for joining us for this latest episode of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. If you'd like to see how prepared you are for retirement, we've created a free retirement readiness calculator to help you out go to matthewsandassociates.ca forward slash ready to input your retirement information and receive instant feedback to help you evaluate your current retirement readiness. Be sure to tune back in for the next episode. And until then, we're here to help you simplify and succeed in your retirement planning.